and welcome to the Library Coven, a bi-weekly podcast in which two bookish besties discuss, in this case, a holiday bonus episode about the book Mary Inkmas by Talia Hibbert. And we do this because critique is our fangirl love language and because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jesse And I'm Kelly. And today, like Kelly said, we have a very special Christmas episode for you. We're going to be discussing Mary Inkmas by Talia Hibbert. Um, this novella follows Bailey and Cash, who end up working together in a tattoo shop, get ready for Grump and Sunshine, fake dating, and there's only one bed all in one book. We love to see it. <laughs> Initial reactions. I adored this book. Talia rates characters with such good chemistry. I'm always impressed and really hits the emotional beats throughout the story. Um, just the right amount of angst for me, like enough, but not too much. And tattoos are so hot. Why are they so hot? And Talia can make all of these classic tropes that you just recommended or that you just mentioned. Like they, she makes them all their own and gives them new life. What about you? I really love this book. It has all my favorite tropes in it. I love Grump and Sunshine, Fake Dating, and There's Only One Bed. Those are my top tier tropes. Um, it has a little bit of spice and some serious things going on too. Um, I can't believe Talia packed so much into such a short book. Like I was shocked. I was like, we're going to need like 200 more pages. But it does go to show that if you like are really good at what you do if you're really good at writing you can put a lot into a small amount of space exactly <laughs> recommend if you like any other books by talia hibbert the love hypothesis by ali hazelwood which i'll be wrecking from now until the end of time and then anything by jasmine Guillory. i would say those three top tier with the tropes and like just on the money all very not good. too much spice i would say they like out of five they're like a three maybe so five being like you know. erotica yes i feel like if you only have like i would give a fade to black with some like angst behind it a two and then a book with one or two sexual encounters, a three, and then anything more than like one or two, I would give a four. But I don't really read that much with more than like two-ish mm -hmm. or three. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's my rating system. Mine goes more on the. <laughs> mine's more on the three four. Plus yeah, sometimes scale. I get a four. I've read some fives. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've read some fives you know, in our day. I've read some fives. <laughs> <laughs> um, why did we choose this book? Kelly had the wonderful idea to bring y'all something special for Christmas. Um, and this was the book we picked because it's Christmassy and angsty and an author we both love. So there you go. <laughs> Day nada. Time to talk about world building in Through the Wardrobe. Holiday timing and winter ambience was excellent. Stay cozy out there, peeps. Higa life yes yes for some reason i always forget that talia hibbert is english and that her books take place in england <laughs> it's the best i love it um, i love it i know it's so cozy um like when bailey said cash's name was very american i kind of like remembered and i was like obviously i need to stop assuming like where books take place just because like 
I live in the America doesn't mean that everything happens here. Exactly. Exactly. So check your biases. Um, mental note. <laughs> Having so much of the book take place in the tattoo shop was also really fun. I love tattoos, so I absolutely adored this. So yeah, tattoos for life. <laughs> the tattooing scene was oh, sweating emoji. So hot. <laughs> <laughs> And like the scenes yes, in the yes. I, the because like the shop does really set the that's one of the main places that everything all the action happens and like the office too mm, something about an office scene you know yeah yeah I do know <laughs> <laughs> onward just as one does not simply walk into Mordor. One does not simply read romance without talking about race, class, gender, and ability. This is our segment about power and bodies and how they relate. So there is a lot of parental trauma going on in this book. I wasn't expecting anything serious because it's a novella. Yeah. But like Talia Hibbert always kind of touches on these things in her book. So I should have expected it. And she just wasn't pulling any punches. Um, so yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. This author just like gets to knows where like the, their characters are wounded, you know, and knows how to like turn the knife. Mm, yeah. Mm. It makes for a good reading experience. And like when you're emotionally invested in everything that's happening to the characters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. On that note, I appreciate how there are content warnings cl- clearly stated in all of Talia's books that I've read. Yeah. It's really helpful. And like on their website and stuff. So I appreciate that and it doesn't seem like gatekeepy or over the top. You know, it's just like give the readers the information that they need to know if this is a good fit for them. Yeah. I also think that Talia does a really good job of writing characters who are neurodivergent. Yes. Cash's brother-in-law, I think we're supposed to assume is on the autism spectrum. And this isn't her first um, character that she's written that's autistic. Actually, I think this is this book came out before actor age eve brown so maybe this was the first character Mm -hmm. um and i think talia herself is on the autism spectrum so um i really appreciate that she like writes those characters with such care without making them into like like caricatures you know right so it was just really nice to see that i forgot to put it in the show notes but i just remembered right now that i liked that character super glad you brought this up because this is definitely one of the my favorite parts about um talia's writing Finally, it's time for Shipwrecked, a segment about asexuality, sexuality, sex, romance, and relationships. And sometimes we take some liberties and do some shipping of our own. Do I ship Cash and Bailey? Obviously. Do I hate that so many romances end with an epilogue where the couple has a kid or a kid on the way? Also, yes. Mm. Um, it made sense for these characters based on their trauma that they wanted to prove that they could create a functioning and loving family. But, and this is a big but, I think romance often forgets that it's not kids that make you a family. And sometimes with all the trauma, you decide that having children just isn't for you. Yeah. So I'd like to see more romances in the future that kind of move away from this idea that a relationship slash marriage needs kids or that because you have trauma, the way to work through that is to like have like or to prove that you're over your trauma is to have children when I don't think that's necessarily all always a decision that people who have dealt with family trauma make i can say that from experience because i'm like well i had fairly you know 
I mean, maybe typical, maybe a little, not great family, I'll say, and like lots of trauma behind that. And Mm -hmm. my decision was, I don't want children. And I think that's okay. And I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. And make like the, the necessity of having like biological children, like take that out of the HEA equation, at least just to like increase because there are so many other choices, you know, that people have. Yeah. And I would say like, similar to cash I had an abusive father who was physically abusive and I have no like concern that I would become that person to a child but I just don't really feel the need to like prove that I am a worthy person who wouldn't do that by having children right Um, now my dad was not as bad as cash is (laughs) I never got stabbed (laughs) but I just think I would appreciate stories that where the characters make other decisions that's all Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess if I want to see it, I should just write it, right? Right. <laughs> Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> the characters like go to therapy or like have intimate conversations yeah. with other people and they learn about it that way. Or maybe they do mushrooms and they learn about yeah. it that way. Or I don't know. <laughs> Cash goes to therapy though, right? Doesn't he like see someone about his like negative Oh yeah, you're right. Self talk. He was. You're right. He did see someone. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Do that. Go to therapy. <laughs> I'm really go to therapy. Don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that you brought this this up as like the. It's almost like a, it's only one possible ending, you know, for the characters. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine that this was not your favorite thing to see in the epilogue. That's my throwing up. Noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but I like get it. I understand like why people do that both in real life and in books but i'm just like not really here for it we literally just recorded our episode about the year in review where i was just like i hate a pregnancy trope i hate kids (laughs) (laughs) okay you youth services librarian i know i like kids i just don't want them What about writing style, narration, characterization, plot structure? Here's where we discuss whatever comes to mind in Kill Your Darlings. Talia makes the voices of the characters sound super distinct. I feel like we've been peppering compliments throughout the whole episode like about her writing style because it is commendable. <laughs> and the banter is great, which I always appreciate. Like it's it can be really hard to write good dialogue that like actually adds something to the character's dynamic and to the plot, and this author knows how to do it. It's especially good because, like, um, this is the fourth book by Talia I've read, and you've read a few more, but, like, the characters don't feel the same as other characters in other books. It's not like you've taken, like, a cutout of two characters and just put them in different situations in different books. Like, they feel distinct in the book. They feel distinct across books. It's just really impressive. I don't know how she does such a good job with it. Because when I think of someone like Sarah J. Mass, even, like, yeah, I really like the Akamath series, but Akamath and Throne of Glass are basically the same. Right. <laughs> like, the characters feel the same. Yeah. And I like her books. They're good, but it's nice if you're going to do different series and they, they should feel like different series. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do we have anything for real talk this time? I don't. I feel like my whole rant about children and abusive parents was real talk. You really, you you dug into it already, already for the bonus app. Yeah. Yeah. 
do you have anything it's gonna be a short episode do i have anything i didn't put anything immediately in the show notes um but i would just say that keep expanding your reading horizons you never know like branch out into different genres that's what this was for me and like i mean not that contemporary romance is that different but yeah it's for adults not for teens yeah yeah i mean teens could read these books sometimes i think maybe it would be good um there's been lots of complaints on tiktok i get a lot of book talk stuff my tiktok is basically like books the mcu thirst traps and like queer things <laughs> that's my tiktok for you but there's been a lot of people on book talk getting comments about how like romance books like set these unattainable standards for men to live up to obviously talking about like cishet romance oh my novels. God. yes and to some point sure it's also escapism like fantasy doesn't set me up to have unrealistic expectations about how the world works but at the same time it's nice to as someone who is cishet woman it's nice to read books where the men know how your body works and are nice and kind and it doesn't seem like that high and of like a bar. care about your feelings <laughs> and about yeah. who you are as a person yeah it's just like it's not a high bar it's just the bar is currently in too hell low. <laughs> like below <laughs> the crust of the earth in hell and so when you do the smallest things it seems great so i don't know i don't really think it sets up unrealistic expectations i think it just raises what our ex like raises our expectations to probably what they should be right exactly <laughs> because if what you're thinking of your expectation is is like i don't know what you saw on Pornhub, then yeah, yeah. you're gonna be uh yeah. panicking that you're like oh gosh i have to treat people with dignity and respect interesting yeah yeah so yeah more men should maybe read romance and learn from it exactly i mean all people should maybe it just treat, teaches you how to treat people better and i've had fun on book talk like that's book tiktok like seeing men start to pick up romance books or seeing men who do read romance books and they're just like loving it and it's just like the cutest because thing. <laughs> they have an emotional inner life as well and they should embrace yeah. it that's probably would you know go a long way towards addressing some of our societal issues damn that bar is low <laughs> should we do some card questions sure sure we can let's see what we come up with sound effects <laughs> let's see let's see I just picked four random ones throughout. Okay. What life lessons are found in this book and do you agree with them? Probably go to therapy to deal with your parental trauma. I think both Bailey and Cash needed to work through that a little more. I agree. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good one. Good one. They were struggling. And also like the, like you have to like vulnerability and is a big part mm -hmm. of like the intimacy that happens in a relationship. Yeah, and that can be really hard and feel like very dangerous to your mental well-being, especially when you're. But it's worth it when you're <laughs> reacting from a fear-based loop because of yeah. your past trauma. Yeah, it can be hard. If you were a teacher, what question would you ask on the final essay? What question is this even? I don't know. That's a weird. That's one. weird. We don't have to answer. Okay, it. let. Me, 
Let me think. Let me think. What would I ask about this book? I don't know. It's funny. I feel like the last question that you just said, like, what can you learn from this book is a probably a good one, uh-huh. especially because I, I feel like most people probably think you can't learn very much from romance novels. Right. Ask on a final essay. Yeah. I, I like style questions, so maybe I'd ask something about that. <laughs> <laughs> how would you rate the banter in this novel? <laughs> would it, how would you describe the spice level of this exactly. novel? How many chili peppers would you give it? And please explain your rating system. Uh-huh. That's my final exactly. question. <laughs> <laughs> Provide read-alikes. Is this library school? Then that's what, we'll, that's what mm-hmm. it'll be. Yeah, read-alikes are necessary. Ooh, if the book were made into a movie, who would you cast as the main characters? Oh, okay. Zendaya. So, oh, really? Okay. Good choice. Good choice. I would, I don't know the name of the actress, but she is in the Sex Lives of College Girls. She's kind of, she's younger, obviously. Actually, she's probably not because she's playing a college age person. She's probably like 30. (laughs) (laughs) And she's black. And I think she would be perfect for this role. The one who plays Whitney. Bailey. Yes. Yes. Although she's not English. I don't actually know very many black English actresses now that I'm thinking about it. Michaela Cole, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Although she plays like really quirky characters. I don't feel like Bailey's that quirky. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. And as far as Cash, Mm -hmm. um, hmm, a British actor? Are you thinking a British actor? Maybe James McAvoy. He's Scottish. Oh, never mind. Yes. Uh, he he does a really good English accent, though, and he can get real buff. So perfect. Oh, I love James McAvoy. I- <laughs> Sebastian Stan. <laughs> yeah, Sebastian Stan. I don't know if he can do an English accent, although he is like Romanian. So he does speak that language. So maybe he can do an English accent just fine. What's his face? The kid from Spider-Man. Oh, um, Tom Holland. Yeah, he's like too small. Yeah, he's too baby face, I think. Yes, yeah. Or um it's funny, I don't know if Donald Gleason could get buff enough Ooh, for this. Yeah, Donald Gleason. Well but they I could maybe go lanky. Donald Gleason. Yeah, yeah. I really love About Time. Oh, that's such Ugh. a good movie. That's so cute. Maybe I'll watch it today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a that's a hard one. Okay, good question. Good question. Thanks. Do we have one more? I did. Or is that I it? just put it away. I think okay, we're good. that's fine. That's good questions. Short bonus episode. Short and sweet. We love you all, patrons. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Library Coven. We'll be back in time to ring in the new year with our year in review episode. As always, we'd love to be in communication with you magical folks. So let us know what you think of the episode, anything we missed, or just say hi by dropping a line in the comments or by reaching out to us on Twitter or Instagram at the Library Coven. Rate, subscribe, etc. We love you guys. And if you want to support us financially, you can donate to us on coffee and you can support us monthly on Patreon, which is where this episode will be coming out and shopping at our bookshop.org affiliate page. Until next time, stay magical. Bye.